Good morning, Cottage Hill family and friends. We are so happy to have you with us this Sunday morning. For those who don't know me, my name is Alexis Smith, and I teach in our Cottage Kids ministry, teaching grades one through six during our regular Sunday service times. And if you are a visitor this morning and you'd like to get to know us a little bit better, please feel free to head over to our website, cottagehillchurch.com, and there you should be able to find any information that you might be looking for. This morning, we're going to be really looking at um, what is God doing and when will this all be over? Um, and we all know exactly what that means. We are talking about this crazy pandemic that is just um, really interrupting everybody's lives, whether that is through the actual illness or job instability or countless other things. Um, we're really going to be looking at um, what God is doing in this season. And so with that, I'm going to ask that you join me in prayer this morning as we just pray for God's guidance um, in this season of life. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that um, during this season of life, God, that you would just allow us to stop looking at all the negatives, God, but rather look at um, what you would like for us to do during these times, God. Lord, how do you want us to grow? Um, what do you want us to see differently, God? How do you want us to just change some things in our lives, God, Lord, we lost you, just deeply reflect, Lord, um, and just also, God, so many things have been stripped away, so many distractions have been taken away from us, God, Lord, and in a culture where we are so busy, and go, 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 God, um, you've taken that away, God, and, you know, we live for that excuse that is just, I don't have the time, but Lord, we no longer have that excuse for most of us anyway, and Lord, I pray that you would allow us to utilize that time to advance your kingdom, even from inside our home, God. Lord, I pray that you would just allow us to grow in this time, God, and to use this season um, to our benefit, God, and to stop looking at it so negatively, but rather utilize it, um, Lord. And Lord, I want to pray for um, our frontline healthcare workers, God. Lord, I pray that you would just keep them just safe, God, and that you would keep them just well rested, God, in their time that they're not in the hospital, Lord, that they would just be able to find rest, Lord. And I want to pray for our, our essential employees, God, that they are working through a time that nobody even wants to be out in public, God, and it, it can be scary. And Lord, I just want to pray for um, just the health, Lord, of everybody, God, that you would just keep um, this illness at bay, God, that you have full control, Lord, um, and that we know that you have your hand over us, God. And Lord, I also just want to pray, um, Lord, ultimately for peace, God, that um, in a time where everyone is stressed or anxious or upset or even angry, God, that you would just bring peace, um, Lord, among your people, God, that um, you would just keep peace on this earth, Lord, as we battle this illness that is just raging, Lord, from country to country, God, that you would just allow us to know that um, we can trust you, God, and that you have ultimate control, God, over what happens, Lord. And Lord, I just want to pray that we wouldn't forget um, the big picture, God, that we are still um, here, God, and we still have a mission to do um, regardless of what is going on in this world. And Lord, we just want to pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so lastly, but certainly not least, we wanted to touch on Mother's Day. And we have a short video for you to watch really highlighting um, the awesomeness and the graciousness um, that is 
being a mother. And we really just wanted to reflect on how much more they are doing um, in this time of COVID-19. And we just hope that you really enjoy that video. And right after that, we will go into worship. And so we hope you enjoy it.
Hello everyone. I hope you had a great time worshiping this morning. I do have a couple more announcements before we get into service this morning. Um, first, want to invite you to connect with us on Facebook. We post some updates on there and our church videos also go up on um, on the Facebook page so you can stay up to date on what is going on in the church. Um, also want to invite you to check out any of our past service videos. Um, those are posted on Vimeo, Facebook, and our church website, cottagehillchurch.com. So if you are a little bit behind or just want to watch some old videos, you can catch up on any of those services. Also wanted to invite you to join us on some Zoom calls. We have daily prayer, Wednesday night prayer at seven. Um, and we also have Road to Recovery, which is a ministry for those battling with substance abuse. And if you'd like to join in on any of those video calls, you can email info at cottagehillchurch.com um, so we can give you the room number so you're able to get into the video call. Also, just wanted to put, um, put out an invitation for giving this morning. If you are a visitor, do not feel any obligation to give. Um, but if it is on your heart to give, um, I just want to talk a little bit about that. And so in this time right now, I think we are all just kind of facing the unknown. Um, when can we go back to work? What are our finances going to look like? Um, and I think in times like this, giving can be one of the last things that we think about because we're really focused on what's happening with us. Um, but I really believe that when we give, especially in times like these, we are really telling the Lord, I trust you um, with my money. I trust you with my finances. And I trust you with this crazy unknown, um, which just comes with following him, um, that we just put our full trust in him. Um, your giving helps support things like Road to Recovery, Christina's House, and our overseas missionaries. Um, and in these times, advancing the kingdom does not stop. Um, we continue to support those um, ministries and missionaries um, even when all this is going on in the world. And so your giving helps us to continue to do that. And so if you feel it is on your heart to give this morning, you can do so through our website or by texting Cottage Hill Give to 73256. And we are just so thankful for your um, support, especially in these times. They go um, right into advancing God's kingdom, even from inside our homes. And that is such a beautiful thing that we can do. And so lastly, um, Hey, Cottage Hillers and friends, thanks for joining us for another Sunday. I'm Jeff Chandler, one of the pastors here at Cottage Hill Church. Just wanted you see to Cheryl, who's going to give you, give you her story today of just in times of anxiety, how God has just guided her through a couple of episodes of life. We want to just give some reassurance that this stuff is real and that it really works to those of you who find yourselves battling anxiety and the uncertainty of this COVID season. So here's Cheryl. Good morning. My name is Cheryl. I'm part of Cottage Hill Church. And I wanted to share with you the trustworthiness of Jesus, how he has really helped me through times of tragedy, through times of confusion, fear, difficulties, testing times. And it started in November of uh, 2017 when I took my husband because he was ill and we found out he had a mass on his colon and it, the, he had surgery, but it was inoperable because it adhered to his intestines. And so we were still trusting for a miracle and God can do any miracles, but he did a miracle in an, uh, 
in a way that we weren't expecting. So on January 7th of 2018, this is when I was in there, I was in hospice, and I looked up at the ceiling and it opened up into the heavens. I saw the blue sky, I saw the clouds, I felt the presence of peace come in. I knew it was a Prince of Peace, Jesus came in, and unusually so, and watching my beloved, my soulmate, my best friend, as he was dying, I felt joy, which was unexplainable. And he went to be with the Lord on that day at 5.30 p.m. And the CNA, when he was cleaning up, he said, look at him, his face is smiling. And I looked at him, he was smiling. He had seen Jesus face to face. Now, when he passed away, I felt fearful, vulnerable. I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. He did all the business. I didn't know what I was going to do. So Jesus became my heavenly accountant and he gave me a favor. He gave me favor at work. They elected me as employee of the month in December and I was in and out trying to work and everything like that. And they gave me two raises in, in 2018. Plus they paid for John's cremation of $3,200 because I didn't have it. I couldn't get it. So they blessed me so much. And then my friend, Valerie, she called me in January and she said, what can I do for you? I said, and in my mind, I heard Juice Plus. It's, it helps the immune system. So she gave me a month's free. And so I continued to take it. And then I found out in December 5th of 2018, as I went into Dr. Gerald's office, she said, you have breast cancer. And a mist came over me and I felt that same peace. And she says, oh, you are so strong. I said, no, I am not strong. I'm weak, but God is a source of my strength. And so we went on to have, I went to have surgery and I went to have chemo and radiation. And Cindy came from our church. She formed Cheryl's team of beautiful women, 12 women that were supportive of me. In fact, two women from my work helped me. So I was never alone on the, in the chemo. In fact, I was having a great time at chemo. I didn't get sick. I only got mildly nauseous and during the strong chemo for one month and that was it. I was still able to work 30 hours, which was amazing. And the doctors were amazed. So I wanted to say to you that you no, know, my life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will make them smooth and straight. And I can say and attest to you, I am cancer free. And whatever you are going through, I just want to say, trust in Jesus. He will help you. He's, tr he's perfectly trustworthy, no matter what. Hey, what a great story Cheryl's is. Uh, just a case of what God can do with any of us. So we had a team meeting this week of, of people from the church who were talking about once we're allowed to start meeting again, what do we do? People are so ready for this season to be over. They're so 
ready to be back at work or the kids to be back at school. School never looks so good to some of you kids out there watching and some of you parents have never looked forward to sending your kids off to school maybe like you have or it's been great to be home but you're just ready for it to be done. You're ready for your hair to be done. You're ready for all those things that we just took for granted before this. You're ready for it to be over. Well, last week, Pastor Ted spoke, and he and I make up the pastoral team here at Cottage Hill. He was talking to me this week when we were talking about the process of coming back in, that he just really feels from the Lord this sense of don't rush. Do not rush and miss the things that I can, can do only now during this COVID season. It's so unique. He's got you so out of your routine and so out of what you're used to that he can do things in your life. He can stir things up or bring things to mind that he's not going to be able to do once everything gets back to whatever the new normal is. I'm afraid that the new normal is going to be the old abnormal. But this window is going to be passed. So don't rush it. I want to look at a, at a moment in the, in the scriptures where people were so ready for this moment to be over. The Jews, they were so ready for this Roman moment to be over. The Romans that dominating their land and controlling their government and their land and what they could do and abusing them. They were so ready for this to be done. And, and Jesus had just performed this miracle just before Matthew uh, 14 that had pointed to Moses and had pointed to what the Messiah and the new king was going to do. And they were so excited for that. They were so ready for this moment to be done and a new moment to start that John tells us that they were tried to make him king by force. That they fed the 5,000 just like they did in Matthew 13. Just like he did in Matthew 13. And then people rushed to the stage kind of to make Jesus king and to end this moment and to start this new moment that they were so ready for. And that's where we find ourselves in, in Matthew 14 in this moment. So I want to read for you starting in Matthew uh, 14, 22. Actually, uh, he feeds the 5,000 earlier in these verses here in Matthew 14. So Matthew 14, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat to go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it's I. Don't be afraid. When Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you out on the water. And he said to him, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. But Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him and saying to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So here's this moment that everyone was ready to have over. And they were ready to have something new. See, they were so ready for everything, like you and I are, for everything just to be done. And for, for things to be through. They were ready to make him king, even if they had to do it by force. And so he gets them out of there. Because here's what you need to see. That you're going to miss what Jesus wants to do if you're hung up on what you want him to do. 
And that's the struggle we have, not just in COVID seasons, but that's a struggle we have through a lot of life, that you are going to miss what Jesus wants to do if you get hung up on what you want him to do. And so what does he do? He gets them out of there. It says he made the disciples get in the boat. That's a pretty strong word there. It means he drove them into the boat. He compelled them to get in the boat. Guys, get in the boat and get out of here. Oh, wait a minute. We got to clean up this mess. No, no, I'll take care of that. Those of you that struggle with all the loose ends, you would have a hard time getting in that boat. I'll take care of the crowds. You just get out of here. Because Jesus is so committed to what he wants to do in your life, in their life, that he gets them away from something that's going to make life easier than he needs it to be. He's going to send them away to put them in the situation that they need to be in for him to do what he wants to do. They're hung up on what they want him to do. They want him to be king. That'll make their life easier. That'll make their life smoother. They just want this over. And so, Jesus, be king. No, you get in the boat and you get out there. Jesus, he's locked in to, to what he's supposed to do. All the way through John, Jesus talks about the fact the Father sent him and he's doing what the Father wants him to do. Even here in this moment, it tells us that he goes, once everybody's gone and they're in the boat, he goes up on the mountain at night to pray. He does what he needs to do to stay locked in on what God's doing in his life, to stay locked in on, on what God wants him to do. Hey, for the disciples, Meanwhile, this night stinks. It tells you all these things that are, that are going on. The wind's against them. It's hard rowing. It's more work. They're, it's only about a five-mile trip across the lake. And it says in one of the other Gospels, it tells us how far out they are. They're about three or four miles out, but they still aren't there. They've been blown around. They're off course, we know, by, by where they land. And they're, they're just tired. Why doesn't Jesus do in this storm, this isn't as bad a storm as we saw a couple weeks ago, why doesn't he do in this storm what he did in the last one? Why doesn't he just calm the sea so life is easier for them? Well, because he's committed to doing what he wants to do. But he needs you and I to give him time and space and the circumstances to do that. Don't miss this detail that Mark tells us about as he writes about this night and he writes about this moment. It tells you that when Jesus is on the mountain to pray, he saw that they were making headway painfully because the wind was against them. They're far away. They're out in the middle of the lake. But Jesus being Jesus, he's able to look out there and see that it's hard for them. So don't ever lose sight of the fact that as much as you want this season done, that he sees what's going on. And he sees the challenges you're facing in it. He sees how difficult it is for, for us. He sees how much harder it is for some of us to deal with the difficulty than others but he's so committed to what he wants to do in you that he's that he's going to put you and keep you in those circumstances so he's there and then the time comes that he he goes walking out to them and and they're not sure what they see but but here's what's going to happen and here's what happens to them you are going to miss jesus if you misinterpret jesus now imagine it says the wind is against them, so it's pretty windy. And if you've been out in a boat, when it's windy, the boat goes up and down. You get those swells, you get those waves, and so it's up and down. And so those men, are they're watching this thing, 
and, and a wave goes down and he thinks he sees something and then the wave goes back up so he's not sure and then the, the wave comes back down and there it is again a little closer and the wave goes back up and so he calls me, one of the others, and he says, hey, take a look at this, what do you think? And the wave goes back down and, and there it is a little closer and so, so then they begin to get a little bit nervous about that and they call everybody, hey, hey guys, come and look at this and they suddenly realize this looks like a person and it's getting pretty close to them and and Matthew will tell you that they were terrified and it says they they cried out that's the word they screamed it's like that friend of yours that you bring to the scary movie that can't handle scary movies or that you talk into going on the roller coaster at Six Flags that can't handle roller coasters and so they kind of ruin it for everybody because they're screaming in fright not in joy that's these disciples they see Jesus, but they misinterpret him. It's a ghost. We get our word phantom from that. And so they're totally, they're totally scared by that. See, you will react to Jesus based on how you interpret Jesus. Some of, some of you watching might feel like Jesus is this domineering, law-giving, rule, you know, rule-enforcing person, and you don't want anything to do with him. Others of you, you're at the other end of the spectrum, you feel like Jesus is just this loving person, would never, would never judge anyone. And, and those both are so out of balance of him. Some of you might have grown up, grown up in all of this. You grew up in church. You know all of this. You're tired of this. You interpret Jesus just as someone who's there for a crisis and you really, you're okay the rest of the time. You know, I, I'm concerned as a pastor for some of you, even part of our church family who are watching it, you're feeling like, you know what, I'm not doing church. I'm doing church online. I'm... I'm okay. I'm making it okay. See, you're misinterpreting who Jesus is in your life. See, those, those of us who are watching, however we've come, when we understand who he is, that he's the son of God, that he's the savior of the world, that he's the leader of our lives, you just bow before him. If you interpret him well, you're going to react to him well. But you're going to miss Jesus if you misinterpret Jesus. You know, one thing I, I love about Jesus and really as a pastor I envy about Jesus is he knew how to speak into every moment. He knew when to speak really gently to people like the woman caught in adultery, just go and sin no more. He also knew how to speak really directly to try to break through the wall like he would to the religious leaders, man, calling them out sometimes as hypocrites. He knew who to invite. He knew, to, he knew what to put on people. He says to the rich young ruler, go sell everything you had. He just knew every situation of what to say and how to handle the moment. And so he knows how to handle this moment for you. He knows how to handle this moment for these disciples. He knows to say to them, take heart. Take heart is something you say when people have a right to be afraid, but you're trying to tell them to be courageous. That's a, you could translate it that way. Hey, have some courage. Have courage. It's okay. Take heart. You know, when you chase that phrase through the Gospels, Jesus said to take heart almost every time before he was about to do something amazing. He says it to a paralytic. Then he gives him the ability to walk. He says it to a blind man before he gives his, eyes, he gives his uh, sight back. He says it to disciples before he gets in the boat with them. Take heart. It's what Jesus is saying to you in this season of your life. Take heart, be courageous, and watch what I'm going to do. Let me do it. Watch what I'm going to do. It's me. You see, once they knew it was him, they were, they were okay. they go from ghost to Jesus and they'd be okay. They could not be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid then once they knew who it was, once they interpreted what they were seeing 
well. And then you get this moment, and in some of the other Gospels, they don't include the Peter piece, but they get the Peter piece. And and here's, here's this challenge to us, especially in this season. You will miss the moment, or you'll miss the experience, if you just stay put. If you just stay put, if you just try to keep everything as normal as you can, if you try to just hang on until things can get back to the way they were, you're going to miss the experience. The circumstances, they create the moment. The circumstances that they're in a boat, far out, with the wind against them, without Jesus, that creates this moment that they have, this opportunity that they have. The fact that some of you are out of work or working at home and you have your kids home and the fact that you can't take care of yourself like you normally do and you can't get out like you normally do. Those are all circumstances that will create a moment that Jesus can use. And so, hey, take heart. It's I. It's me. You know, don't be afraid. And then there's this pause. And then then all of a sudden, out of that, with everybody saying, I'm so glad it's him or however that goes, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. You got to kind of hear that. The storm's blowing, and so they got to kind of shout that to each other. Jesus is still some kind of distance away, and it's Peter. Because Peter's used to all these circumstances. He's used to being out on a boat at night when they fished. He's used to the wind. He's used to wind being against them because it's common on, on on the Sea of Galilee, like you've heard people say. So he's used to everything except seeing a man walk on water. And so he says, that's how he says that, if it's you, command me. Now the the language of the Bible isn't so much like English. When it uses the word if, sometimes it's not a question of God, Jesus, I'm not sure that's you. If it's you, tell me to come out. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, since it's you, invite me out there with you. But hear what he says, command me. Command me to come out. Thinking about that this week while I was studying. Command me. Because Jesus, if you don't command me, I might talk myself out of it. But if you command me, then I have to obey you. So when Jesus says come, that's an imperative. That's a command. See, isn't that good for you to know and to hang on to? When he commands you, you've got to do it. There's no choice. So you're reading the Bible and you're in the places in the New Testament where God is speaking to us and He's commanding, you got to do it. Whether it's getting out of a boat, whether it's changing who you are, changing your language, changing how you think about yourself, changing what you think the purpose of life is, you got to do it. You got to do it. And he's putting you in the circumstances so that, so that you can hear him. Here's this, here's this thing with Peter. He misinterprets Jesus and he screams, thinks he's a ghost. Then he misinterprets the waves and he begins to sink. He misinterprets the power of the waves instead of the power of Jesus. He sees, he sees the waves, the, the effect that the waves are having on the water, and that makes him afraid instead of seeing the effect that Jesus is having on the water. It's always, you've got to choose, what am I looking at, and how am I going to interpret this? And in light of how I interpret it, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? See, Jesus doesn't command Peter to come if Peter doesn't ask him to command him. Jesus doesn't tell Peter, hey, come come on out to me, unless Peter lets him know that he wants to. And only Peter, only Peter does that. I don't think it's impetuous. I think it's, Jesus, if you can do this, 
Show me, show me what you can do. I want to be a part of that. I, I appreciate the comedian Brian Regan. He tends to be cleaner than some of the, some of the other comedians. He has this great sketch called Man on the Moon that you ought to watch. He just talks about, he wishes he was one of the 12 men that walked on the moon because then if you're ever at a gathering and you've got that person that's all about themselves and their, how their experiences are better than yours, you could just stop and say, well, I walked on the moon. Think about this moment. In all of heaven, for all of eternity, only two people have walked on water. Only two people have walked on water. There are going to be millions of us, billions of us, hopefully, who, who will hear that story and will love to hear it and love to, to see Jesus and love to see Peter. There'll be 10 men who will be kicking themselves for not, for not saying, me too, for not allowing that moment to be as full of his experience as it could have been because that's Jesus' heart. He wants this experience to be as full as it can for Peter and now this COVID season for you and I. He wants it to be a moment where he's able to do everything that he had in mind to do, everything that he could only do with getting you out of life. So, so don't be in such a rush to get life back to normal. That's the word we're hearing as church leaders. Don't be in such a rush to get cottage hill back to normal that we miss and we shortcut and short circuit what God is trying to do with, with it. Interesting moment, isn't it? When Peter sinks and immediately Jesus grabs him because he takes no pleasure in our floundering. Whenever we're crying, whenever we've failed or we've relapsed or we've flunked out or we've run away, whatever it is, he takes no delight in watching us flounder. And so as immediately when Peter calls out, Lord, save me, it says immediately Jesus reached his hand out and got him out. But then you get those words, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, we might read the little faith. Are you kidding me? I got out of the boat and I walked a little ways on water. Somebody pointed out, I like it. It's not Peter's faith that Jesus is, is calling to account here. It's Peter. Oh, you. You have a little faith because Jesus said if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Peter, why did you doubt? Because Jesus, he's always looking for us to have the full faith experience. He's always looking for our faith to be as full as it needs to be a growing faith, a faith that's completely convinced in him. He wants, he wants that. This is going to end in due time. Their night ended in, in due time. It says, it says in Matthew 14 that as soon as Jesus got in the boat, the storm ceased. Another gospel says, and as soon as he got in the boat, the storm ceased and they were on the other side. It's going to end when it's supposed to end. But don't let it end until he's done in you what he wants to do. Some of you, you know what Jesus is trying to deal with in your lives. And others of you, maybe you're not sure. So maybe you're with Peter and you just say, God, command me to come. God, show me, Lord Jesus, show me what is it you're trying to do in this season? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do with me? What do you do through me as a result of this season? Keep me from rushing it. Keep me from wanting to get back to life I know. Keep me from wanting to short-circuit you without knowing it. Because I want to I have the experience that you want me to have. I want to be drawn in to see you in a whole new way. Because that's, that's how the episode ends. He gets in the boat, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. 
Now the first week of this COVID uh, season when we had our online service and I was preaching Jesus calmed the storm, he gets in the boat, he stands up, he sits down, he, they say, who is this man? Now, this time around, they say, truly, you are the son of God. They understand who he is because they've been, they've been through this experience with him. You are so ready for this masked season, this store avoiding season, this social distancing season to be over. Who isn't? Just don't rush it so that you miss what God is trying to do in your life. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, you are so wise. We bow before you and we worship you because you know all things. Just like Peter would say to you later on in life, you know all things. We pray that you take our faith. We pray that you, you would strengthen it, God. We pray that you would do in our lives all that you want to do in this season. Show us what that is. For those of us who know, affirm that it's you and that it's going to be worthwhile. For those of us that feel like we have no clue and we're missing out, then show us what that is. Speak to us, Lord. It's to your glory that you would, you would speak and you would change. So we pray that you might do that just so that your name is glorified. Pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, how about this, this quote I came across to, to wrap up? That faith is strengthened by its being taken to extremities that it's never faced before. Never been a COVID season before. Hopefully you're never going to have faith like you have before. Hey, God bless you as you live that out.
Hey, thanks so much for watching this week's service and Mother's Day. We hope you have a great Mother's Day. I encourage you to stay connected with us. We are going to do that 11:15 Zoom meeting, probably just a brief time to touch in with each other, say Happy Mother's Day before you go off and celebrate that however you're going to. Hey, you can connect with us through daily prayer, morning and evening, or Wednesday night in our Zoom prayer meeting. You can email us at info at cottagehillchurch.com to find that Zoom room number. The same thing with our Road to Recovery meeting. That's also a meeting on Zoom. And then, of course, our needs go on and your opportunity to just step out in faith and continue to give to God's work and his, the work of changing lives through your gifts. The easiest way is to give through our website or text Cottage Hill Give to 73256. Well, here's what we're about, as we say, cultivating a body equipped with the word, empowered by prayer to make disciples that change the world. That's what we're about this week. Have a great week doing that.